0: This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great
1: shows on the network, head over to Deluxe Edition network.com. That's Deluxe edition Network.com. Attention, the Milfamy podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional conversations of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. We are happy to be a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Please find them at deluxeeditionnetwork.com and tune in to the two featured podcasts of the month, that being the Barrel Aged Chicks and the Deep Dark Secrets Podcast. So without further ado, let's get into the show.
2: All right, so here's the thing. These days, if you are a woman who even remotely still likes men, you're going to get called a pick-me. And it happens to me too. And when it happens to me, people ask me if it bothers me. And the answer is no, it does not. And here's why. I fully believe in people's right to tell on themselves. I strongly support people's freedom to make themselves look as stupid as they want to. Because it's literally all projection. When a person (laughs) calls me a pick me because I advocate for men's perspectives and problems, it's a direct projection of how they view men. All that's happening when a woman calls another woman a pick me girl is that that woman is demonstrating a clear lack of understanding any concept of a woman appreciating a man (laughs) for any express purpose outside of monetary or sexual gain. And that's not my problem. The use of the word pick me is a dog whistle for, ironically, misogyny. Because the term <laughs> implicitly reduces women's agency down to their only huh. possible motivations being either for selfish gain or for being too stupid to have thoughts of their own. No? So does it offend me? No. Other people's rage. is not offend me. <laughs>
1: I'm not convinced, but I have to give her credit. She does bring some intelligence to that conversation. But again, she's talking in circles and it's the jerk off logic of, oh my God. Okay, so you're calling me a pick me girl? Well, you're only saying that because you are too dumb to understand the logic of anyone that appreciates a man as a pick me girl. She essentially told on herself I know. I'm so fucking confused.
0: (laughs) I mean, I was on track with her and it's got, thank God, it's got the captions so I could read. But then she like went a different direction and then I got lost and I'm not sure I came back onto the path. So I'm lost. That's the
1: point. The point for her was make this confusing as fuck. Make this confusing as fuck because I know (laughs) there's a hole in the logic. So I'm going to make you see the hole in the logic and then I'm going to cover it up with just... Banter,
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know who this is. This is a new person on the scene. We all know that the ultimate pick-me-girl is Pearl, who we've talked about in like, the last two episodes. And everyone's trying to jump on that wagon. But like I said last week, I predicted this.
0: Can you give me a definition of a pick-me-girl? Like a full-blown, I don't give a shit if we got to jump on Urban Dictionary right now. Like, what is the definition Without going around in circles, without going back and forth, it's this and then it's this and then you're, we're contradicting ourselves. What is it?
1: So according to Urban Dictionary, a pick-me-girl is a girl who seeks male validation by indirectly or directly stating that she is not like other girls. That is exactly what I was talking about. I get it. She is trying to say that she's not like other girls and that girls who call pick-me-girls are lazy... And not accepting the validation that they're not there to appreciate men. But by making her statement, she's only emphasizing the fact that she is a pick me girl. Right.
0: The thing about this definition, though, is it is a mind fuck. It said indirectly or directly. Well, which the fuck is it? Is it indirectly or is it directly?
1: Ooh, Good point.
0: So that's my point. I'm so confused on what the hell a pick me girl is, because I'm going to tell you right now, I am different than the other girls. And I say that to other people when we're in this conversation. But the, the fact of the matter is I support the men matter movement. OK, I support women as well. However, I'm not all for one or the other.
1: Which is how it should be.
0: And there are men that are shitty assholes and they don't deserve to be in that circle of the men matter movement because they're shitty. Right. Just in general, like men don't get enough of a lot. I mean, women are so entitled and it's like, why?
1: But isn't that how all groups are? I mean, when you talk about political stuff, if you talk about conservatives Mm -hmm. and liberals, Okay, you want to put them all in one category. You want to Mm -hmm. define them as this one thing when that's not true. But there are so many different aspects of each ideology and belief that it's confusing and it doesn't work to the advantage of people trying to manipulate other people by telling you how diverse we all actually are. It's easier to clump us all in one group, Yeah, right? That's the whole approach of these particular ideologies is... You have to say that all women, all modern women, all Western women are like this Mm -hmm. because otherwise your ideology falls apart at the base. You can't grow a following. You can't grow a movement when you show how weak your argument actually is because not everyone thinks that way and not everyone acts that way. And that goes to everything. So why social media and shit like this is so divisive is because it gets people like you and me talking about it. And people who are in these movements don't want to hear it because it makes sense. So their first thing they want to do is shut it down. What are they doing? They try to censor it. They try and fix the algorithm so stuff like discourse doesn't get operated. What makes me laugh is that most of these people are the people that are crying out for free speech and anti-censorship. But then they shoot shit down because free speech and anti-censorship and open conversations and discourse mm-hmm. completely disproves everything they're trying to sell. And it works with politics. It works with everything. Yeah. But that's not why I played this. I played this mostly because, again, do I think she really thinks this way? Absolutely fucking not. I think yeah. this is someone who's just trying to build a movement and a following and get likes and views because they're riding off of Pearl's coattails. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: And this is the funny thing is like, again, I've trained my algorithm to do this and it's my fault. It's my fault that I'm seeing stuff like this, but it's fun Mm. to talk about because it is good for conversation and they don't want the conversation. They want people to like really just pick a side. Yeah. You know, that's why she's calling modern women lazy because they have an opinion that doesn't align with theirs
0: yeah it's all bullshit it's annoying to me that it's like why are you talking about that of all the things like who fucking cares
1: right who fucking cares and are you really bringing this to your normal life to your dating life to your romantic life i highly doubt it like you have conversations with these dudes and they seem great because they're telling you everything you want to hear and then a couple weeks down the road yeah they're dropping some red pill shit on you you're like whoa 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 mother yeah daughter. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no it's true um I don't know. I have a really hard time with these women. And like you said, to your point, the men too, you know, cause there's a, there's plenty of dudes out there that are doing these videos about women. Um, and they're really assholes. They're ripping it. They're ripping us apart because they're trying to get a rise. They're trying to get reaction to see, Oh, let's see where this goes or who's going to react to this. And what are they going to say? And how are right. they going to come at me? And, um. but it does feel like it's like, It's almost like a little war between men and women right now.
1: And what it is, it's based off of pattern recognition, right? Anytime you hear something like this, the first thing that your mind is trained to do Mm -hmm. is to find an example in your own life that corresponds with what they're saying. Even if it's just one example, even if it was just one relationship and you've had 50, because they're speaking of that one relationship, and you remember it, and maybe it hits you a certain way emotionally, you're like, oh, he's fucking right. Yeah. That happened to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, but what about all the other relationships? Right. Not every single one was that. You know, it's like people who saw a UFO. You know, I saw a UFO once, and then, oh, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get off of that shit. How about this? How about we just released an episode last week called Cougar Chow?
0: Oh, yes, we did.
1: And you had some interesting thoughts on that, and we agreed that cougars were cool. This is what I find fascinating about you, Diana, is that you really (laughs) are the driving force of this show. I run the board. I have all this other shit. So the thing I love about you, Diana, and why I say you're the driving force of this show is that I run the tech. I run the board. I find these subjects, but you really bring all the fascinating content of the show because I feel like you manifest it. You manifest <laughs> bullshit for us to talk about. We have never talked about cougars. That's we how, have n- go ahead.
0: That's how powerful I am.
1: You are so powerful. The power <laughs> of the pussy.
0: The power of the pussy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've never talked about cougars. We've never even mentioned the word cougar with the exception that you're wearing a hat that says cougar on our little logo.
0: Yep, been wearing that for months.
1: <laughs> we have an episode called Cougar Chow, and in the two weeks since we recorded that, what happened?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs>
1: you tell me; it's your story.
0: <laughs> oh, I, you know, I entertained. I entertained. Uh, what are they called? youngster no like a cub what do you call the cubs (laughs) (laughs) I entertained that when I say youngster I feel so old I feel like an old fucking lady when I say that word I shouldn't use that anymore but yeah I entertained that I went out with someone a few times and you know there was some intimacy involved and it was great he was he's great just there were feel i got some feelings i caught some feelings it was really weird it was really unexpected and i have learned from it i really like things in my life happen quickly you know like if i meet someone and we connect if we decide yeah let's keep hanging out or let's keep spending time or not i mean i'm i'm busy enough as it is i very very choosy on who gets my energy and my time right so we so, both just kind of agreed that we wanted different things in life and that was kind of that, but I did entertain it and that was kind of the first time I've ever done that. That's how powerful my manifesting is.
1: That was my next question. Is that, so is that something that you feel you manifested because we spoke about it on the podcast or is that just happenstance? It just happened to come into your life right when we recorded that episode? Uh,
0: a little bit of both, I Interesting. would say. Interesting. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, because- It did get in my head and I thought, well, why am I being so closed off to the possibility or the idea? Like, what is the point in me putting a stop or putting a, no, I won't do that. No, never. Like, why? Why would I not? And so I just kind of opened up my mind to it. So then when it actually entered into my space and my energy, I already had that thought in my brain of oh, yeah, I'm going to be open about this. Maybe I should explore it.
1: This isn't the first time this has happened, though. We talked about OnlyFans and we talked about Mm -hmm. kinky winkies. Mm -hmm. And then within the next month, you were exploring both.
0: Exactly because of that exact reason. Because when we're recording it, talking about it, taking notes on it or whatever, and I'm reading it and I'm thinking... This is really interesting. This is a world I would never get close to. I wouldn't, fucking, right. I wouldn't fucking touch it. Right. And then we really start dissecting it. And in order for me to have an opinion on anything, I have to be able to experience it. And that is the point of this podcast. Yeah. The only reason why we started it in the first place is because dating profiles are fucking shit. The men are shitty. They're doing shitty profiles. And so we started this to pick apart the do's and don'ts of a profile online dating. Well, how would I know any of that? Because I've been on dating profiles for years. Right. And so, in order to have these conversations and really live behind my opinion on it, I've got to, I feel like I need to know. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I'm going to run out and like, be completely reckless within reason within my own um i guess spiritual energy that i carry if it makes sense to me and it's a fuck yes then i move into that direction but if it's like no that's something i i truly 100 just don't have interest in looking into or dissecting that is usually when we reach out to guests and have guests right on. right
1: right right it's so funny that in 30 up 37 episodes, what this show has evolved into. Because yeah, those first dozen episodes were literally about dating profiles and yeah. things like that. And we've kind of stepped away from that. There were some life things that happened to you that were the reason why you know you yeah. started dating somebody. And I really feel that as terrible of a life experience that was for you, mm-hmm. that kind of was the catalyst of where we really started talking about things like narcissism and validation yes. and- the red pill and the pick me and manipulations and that's where it's kind of branched off. I wonder where in the next 30 episodes what it'll branch off into next, but
0: it might go back into the dating profiles again cuz I've been um toying around with the idea of getting back
1: on. Right, cuz you've been anti-dating for like the last yes few months. And
0: it's not necessarily I mean I'm open to dating. I'm open to start dating again, but mostly for me the dating apps. I want to see what's going on in the world right now. Like I've been off of it for so long. I want to see what the profiles are looking like. I feel right. like I need a little bit of entertainment that's for free when I'm cou- <laughs> when I'm on the couch sitting at night. I'm like, oh, I could be flipping through Tinder right now and be picking apart these people. Right. Um, I don't have it on my phone yet, but I have a feeling now that we're talking about it, I have a feeling that there's going to be some more stuff on dating profiles because it seems to be a topic of conversation when I when I meet with people.
1: Well, while you're doing that and we're manifesting shit, how about you manifest us like a million dollars to put into this podcast and studio, manifest us some advertisers, and when we start our video stuff in a few weeks, manifest us like a thousand subscribers the first week.
0: I will do what I can. The million dollars is a little bit of a stretch. Can we like bring it down to maybe a hundred thousand dollars just to kind of get us started? Get us Uh, Manifest us
1: $75 and a gift card to Outback Steakhouse and I'd be happy. (laughs) Like, just manifest any fucking thing right
0: now. Go big or go home.
1: (laughs) Right.
2: Bev's Video Kingdom. Because the movies won't talk about themselves. So Andy crawls through this river of shit. He comes out, visits a dozen banks, and no one's like, I'm a little concerned about the guy in this suit. (laughs) Right. It (laughs) smells like shit.
0: You mean mean, mean the guy that literally washed himself in a river full of shit and (laughs) is supposed to smell, smell good?
2: Dude, that's completely the mall rat's stink palm, which takes like three
1: or four days to wash off. Oh, last time I scratched my ass, it smelled like Bigfoot's dick for a week.
2: <laughs> Bev's Video Kingdom. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay, so you're getting back to the dating world and back into, you know... Casual sex. And I'm not saying there hasn't been any casual sex in your life recently. I don't know. I don't don't kiss and tell. You don't kiss and tell. Um, If you want to know those stories, DM me. I'll kiss and tell. (laughs) Don't (laughs) Don't you fucking
0: dare. You can DM me and I will maybe kiss and tell on myself.
1: So one of the things that we've talked about in the past is with casual sex is how it can be surprising how sometimes... Things are not at face value. We talked about how, you know, you said it when the vanilla sex that you've had has been with these really sexy, hot and attractive built dudes, but then the kinkier sex you've had have been guys that were a little bit more emotionally vulnerable, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more, let's say, insecure in their body, but they brought all of their energy to the bedroom. Yeah. And it made me think about perceptions Mm -hmm. and myths about sexuality. Ooh, So that's why today we are going to be talking about sexual myths. Are there any that you can think of off the top of your head that maybe you've heard throughout your life?
0: Yeah, like the oysters.
1: The oysters. Dark chocolate or something like that, yeah. Um, One that I've always heard is that, you know, big hands, big feet equal big dick. I can guarantee you that's not true. <laughs> <gasps>
0: have you heard the myth of the big truck small dick? That's true.
1: We've already talked about that one. We had a whole episode I dedicated. Just, to I just that. had to throw
0: that in there. I just had to throw it in there. Did you see what I did there?
1: So many big trucks in Utah. So many
0: fucking huge trucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, you hear a lot about those things. And I really have never delved into it. And one of the things about this podcast is I'm learning every day about things about sex and women and men that I never knew about. So we're gonna cover some popular ones today. You ready for the first myth? I am so ready. Myth number one, sex burns major calories. I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. I've heard this, oh, we're gonna go burn some calories. Oh, we burned so many calories yesterday. Okay, so apparently you're not burning a lot of calories. (laughs) (laughs) Experts estimate 30 minutes of sex burns 85 to 150 calories. Theoretically, you need to burn about 3,500 calories to lose a pound of body weight. So if you were using up 100 calories every time you had sex, you could lose one pound if you had sex 35 times. But the problem is most people are not having sex for 30 minutes. And that's how long it takes to burn 85 to 150 calories. Essentially, that's a can of Coke.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I've I wouldn't know just because I'm I don't notice. I don't count calories.
1: (laughs) And it's not very... I don't know. I
0: just, I know that sometimes I get hot and sweaty and I'm fucking exhausted by the time, you know? I mean, but that's like in a relationship for me. I mean, I'm different sexually.
1: With different people.
0: Yes. I'm very different with different people. If I'm in a relationship, it's a completely different intimacy level.
1: Well, in like 30 minutes of sex, are they talking about just... Intercourse for thirty minutes, or does that involve foreplay? Does that mm-hmm. involve cuddling at the end? Does that involve the awkward walk to the bathroom afterwards? You know, mm-hmm. what? does that
0: involve timeout to get the fucking dogs and cats out of the room? Like, right. how There's, long is this thirty minutes? That's
1: called a variable. There's so many <laughs> variables to this. Variables. <laughs> when I was younger, I think I used to like maybe glance at the clock and time myself, like, oh, we went for that long. That's so cool. <laughs> I you think
0: still do that. Once you hit a, I'm, I'm sure you probably still do that.
1: There are no clocks in my room, so no, I'd have to like look at my phone. I don't even wear a watch, but I would say that these days I'm just happy to get any sex—five minute sex, ten minute sex, thirty second sex. You know, 30, thirty seconds. I don't care about calories, and I don't care about the amount of time anymore. No one's no one's judging me except me and yeah. the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Like, are you guys done yet? Can I go to sleep? God damn it. Okay, myth number two. There's a 10-year difference between men's and women's sexual peaks. I mean, you just had a cougar chow experience. What do you think about that?
0: This is a real, I mean, not be, not because I read ahead a tiny bit with our notes, but this is a contradictory thing because I've heard so many different age gaps and age right. differences. Um I don't feel like I'm in my sexual peak right now, but I do think I was maybe last year or maybe four or five years ago.
1: Well, there's something to that. So men's testosterone peaks around age 18, but women's estrogen levels peak in their mid twenties. Since low hormone levels have been associated with lower sex drive. Some have asserted that when your levels are at their highest, your drive must be at its peak. However, People believe that the frequency of sex to be the factor that matters in most sexual peaks, then there's no difference between men and women. Sexual desire consistently fluctuates in both and is related to many more factors than age. Of course, over a lifetime, you will see your sexual desire and activity go up and down many times. Yeah. I think that a lot of it has to do with a physical health. Some people don't get physically fit until their 30s and 40s because they have to try harder, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I've always had a little bit higher blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So even when I was younger and felt like more sexually stimulated and active to go get laid and blah, 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 I didn't feel as sexually powerful until my mid to late 30s when I was in the best shape of my life because I had to lower my blood pressure to stay alive, right? I see. So by being fit and being active and hiking and you eating better. You felt naturally. I feel that my sexual peak was in my late 30s because that's when I was actually in the best shape of my life.
0: How you feeling now? I mean, tired. <laughs> Aside from being tired, we're all tired. We're I all mean, instead tired. of
1: working out every day, I'm doing podcast stuff, you know, so yeah. it's, it's a different thing. I, I mean, I, I still feel good. You're not
0: overweight. You look great. I mean, like, how are you feeling physically? And like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to dig into your sexual life, Antonio, but like, how is it in the bedroom? How are you feeling?
1: Well, look, it's it this way. I'm not actively out there trying to get laid like I was in my late 30s. You know, so part of that getting fit and part of that whole staying in shape was to find an attractive partner. I'm not saying I've given up. Lucky for me, I've got some good genes and I'm staying pretty fit on its own. But yeah, I definitely can tell a difference, you know, but also same with like as my partner is, too. We're both parents now, you know, we're tired and we don't get as much gym time as we used to. So I do agree with this, that the peaks all depend on where you're at in your life physically, and also emotionally. If you meet someone- Yes, I agree to this part. And you connect with them, and you feel so sexually powerful with that person, Mm -hmm. then technically, doesn't that count as a peak?
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, due to my experience with that, yes, for sure. I mean, I've I've dated, I've been with guys that I have been super, super into at the very beginning, and then it kind of dies off and dies down. And it's a huge peak in the beginning. And then for whatever reason, if my emotional um, connection, if if the emotional connection gets, I guess, goes down a different path and it's not being met, then I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's, it's just more sexy when you have your needs met in all areas. You like want it. Like you want to fuck their brains out. You're like, okay, let's go. Like, right. this is hot.
1: Right. And if it's not, then it just kind of,
0: it's just sour. like, I'm good. Like but, I got I got to wash my hair tonight.
1: And I feel like <laughs>
0: you, I can't go out. I got to wash my hair.
1: You've gotten better at recognizing the importance of that physical connection as well as the emotional connection that if both seem kind of waning, you yeah. are like, okay, are we working on this or are we exiting?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not a good management of time for both people. I mean, it's just it, then you're wasting each other's time and energy and space. And I'm very, um, it's really important for me to keep my energy at a very healthy level. And if I'm feeling like my needs aren't being met, then I start questioning, well, maybe their needs aren't being net, Ooh, yeah. met, you know? So then it's like, what is it that I'm not doing? Right. And I think that's healthy to do instead of placing the blame and going up to someone and be like, you are not hugging me and kissing me enough. You're not telling me I'm pretty enough. Whereas I go and be like, is everything okay? Like, is there anything that you need more of from me? Um, or let's do this instead of this tonight, just so that we can have a stronger connection because it just makes the sex and the intimacy that much bigger and better.
1: Got you. How about this myth? Oysters oh. and chocolates are turn-ons. No study has ever shown any sexually enhancing effect from oysters. They do contain a lot of zinc, which is good for sperm health. But otherwise, scientists have found no special ingredient to suggest that any has sexually enhancing effects. I mean, I...
0: Where did that start?
1: I think it was the just... The oyster I thing. I think it was Casanova. I think it was that old novel from back in like the sixteen seventeen hundreds. 1700s where he would consume like a hundred oysters before he would go and perform sexually with his his mistresses and stuff. Chocolate I've heard a lot, but also I think the chocolate connection is that it lowers your blood pressure and lower blood pressure increases blood flow in the body. And that's why... Yeah. That's what uh Viagra and all that stuff does is it yeah. actually lowers your blood pressure so it gets more flow to the sexual area.
0: Have we found a Viagra for women yet?
1: Um, Yeah, they have a Viagra for women. They have... again, it just increases blood flow to your erogenous zones is essentially what it does. And how they actually discovered...
0: Is it called wine? (laughs) (laughs) What is is it? Like, I'm wondering what it is. I really don't even know. I guess I should look into that. But that's interesting. I would like to kind of play around with that just to see if it really works.
1: How they discovered it for men is they were actually looking into blood pressure lowering medication. I've
0: heard this. And
1: then all these dudes that were like on the trials for this all of a sudden getting boners that were lasting for hours. Like, oh, okay, well... Obviously, it does what it's supposed to do, but maybe we can market it as something else. Yeah. And it turns that into what it is.
0: (laughs) Yep, I remember that.
1: Myth. Men think about sex every seven seconds. I can tell you 100% that's not true. Even in my sexual prime did I not think about sex every seven seconds. So a 2011 study in the Journal of Sex Research may have debunked this myth, looking to tally up the true number of times men and women actually thought about sex in a day. The university had 238 students keep track of their thoughts about food, sex, or sleep for one whole week. The findings reveal that men think about sex far less than you think, averaging about 19 sexual thoughts per day.
0: And I think that's bullshit. I'm going to go ahead and just put a stop right there. that. You think it's more I or less? I literally hate, I hate studies. I hate this shit so much because I'm telling you right now, that is embarrassing for so many men to write down and record exactly how many times sex crossed their mind. They right. would be so embarrassed that they'll, they're going to suppress that. They're going to fuck around with those numbers. They're not going to be honest a hundred percent. And they knew that they were in this study. Right. Right.
1: You remember my whole rant about logs and yes, poles, right? And I yes. feel the same way about this, 100%. I mean,
0: they know they're doing a study about how much they think about sex. and It was on their mind 24-7 during that fucking study, not 19 times per day.
1: Exactly. If I tell you don't think about an elephant, the first thing you're going to think about is an elephant. You know? Yeah.
0: I basically told you that I wasn't going to be a cougar and then look what I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, that's bullshit.
1: <sighs> I honestly can't think about when I thought about sex the most. I think you think about sex more when you're not having it because you're trying to figure out how to get it. (laughs) And then once you start having it, it's. I'm not gonna say it's a chore, but once you're getting it on a regular basis, you don't have to think about it that much more, you know? I
0: think about money way more than I think about sex.
1: Well, a a hundred percent. We are thinking about, oh my God, how am I gonna fill the gas tank this week? Or yeah. the price of eggs really go up to four dollars. I guess we're not eating eggs anymore.
0: Yeah. I'm like, how do I make this company a million dollar company? Five million dollars in one year, ten million dollars,
1: let's go. That's where my thoughts are. I honestly think about the power bill more than I think about sex these days. How depressing (laughs) is that? (laughs)
0: Did you see my post or on my story? Did you see my story on um, the MILF and me Instagram? It said my bills come more than Uh, I do. My bills bills do come more than I do. It's (laughs) bullshit. I mean, that's basically kind of my fault too. I can be taking care of myself, but hey, the bills are coming lots. So let's go. (laughs)
1: Myth, having sex can cause a pregnant woman to go into labor. What do you think about this one?
0: Um. Well, I've had three babies. Uh-huh. That is true, but it has to be paired with something else. Okay. So massage in certain areas of your body and then sex. There's this thing called curb walking where you put one foot on yeah. a curb and one foot down in the gutter and you just walk down the street. Whoops, sorry, I just yeah. hit my microphone. Um, You just walk down the street kind of doing that and it's kind of adjusting your uterus and your cervix. Um, And then sex, pineapple, fresh pineapple, and then sex. These are things that will trigger labor. And yes, it's true because I have literally started labor.
1: Interesting. This belief is so pervasive that even some medical professionals have suggested that their full term patients should give it a try. But not only does having sex near your due date does not induce labor, in some cases it might actually delay it. So in the two babies I've had, the first OB with my first partner, they said, you could. Yeah. You know, you you could try it. They suggested uh, castor oil.
0: Uh Uh-huh, castor oil is a big one.
1: And I'm telling you, my partner at the time, took two tablespoons of castor oil and went into labor three hours later. Yeah. And it was only a four hour labor.
0: Yeah. Zach was only a four hour labor as well. My first son. So
1: that might have some credence to it. But again, you'd have to look at a wider study to actually make that argument.
0: Yeah. And I think obviously this goes without saying it really depends on the woman's body. My body 100% literally ran out of space to grow a human. Right. I don't have a lot of space there. And so with all of those things added onto it, and then there's also an essential oil that you can use for massage. It, so get this. This is literally what I did because I was in so much pain. Curb walking, pineapple, castor oil, this all in one fucking day. I'm, no, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> You're like, you. get this kid out of me. <laughs> I did all the things. And Zach was two weeks early, Um, but I didn't do that with Alex. Alex was actually early, like – four weeks early. With Zach, I was, he was my first. That's my first. I was done. I was done being pregnant. There was no space. I couldn't even go to the bathroom anymore. It was so miserable that I did every single thing in the book and 100% the next morning I went into labor.
1: Here's a good one. There's no such thing as too much masturbation. Delayed ejaculation, meaning when men struggle to have orgasms due to reliance on porn or masturbation is more common than you think. Says Cindy Darnell, an Australian clinical sexologist and sex and relationship therapist. Both men and women can become so accustomed to a certain kind of pressure and speed from stimulating themselves that they find it difficult or even impossible to orgasm with a real life partner. A reliance on porn can also give you unrealistic expectations of how your partner should look and act in the bedroom. I'm not saying that this is a myth. I'm sure this applies to a lot of people. It definitely does not apply to me. I don't watch a ton of porn, but back in the days when I was like single and not with somebody, even when I was married and not having sex for a bunch of years, Mm -hmm. it was the opposite. I would actually not last as long with a partner. There was no delayed ejaculation. I think most men want delayed ejaculation. So Since this was written by a woman, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me or anyone that I know, but again- Yeah, I have probably based on polls, right? I literally
0: have had no experience with any of that at all. Like, I feel like it's the same for me if I'm pleasuring myself often, opposed to not. Like, it doesn't. I don't. That doesn't. That literally
1: doesn't even doesn't even apply. Well, I do know some guys that literally can't orgasm, really, and I don't know if that is an emotional thing or if that is a physical like, thing that they've trained like they themselves to
0: orgasm all the time S-
1: so pretty much they will go limp before they have a opportunity to ejaculate
0: so help they get hard they go limp and then they get hard again and then right and then okay
1: right interesting. so it's not like oh i can just fuck forever and not come it's i am now soft and i can't get hard again and i did not ejaculate
0: interesting i mean my experience is if they have too much to drink Obviously, oh, yeah, well, whiskey a,
1: dick is a real thing. And
0: that's <laughs> that's the only thing I've really had experience with with a man. But the reliance on porn can also give an unrealistic ex- expectation um, is how of how your partner should look and act in the bedroom. Right. I don't have a lot of... That's just if you're an immature dumbass. Like, it's porn. They're on a fucking camera. And most of the time, they're role-playing. For me, as we know, some of you, and you, especially Antonio, is I have this funny little kink in my mind where I'm like, oh, there's cameras in the room. People are right. watching me. I got to put on my best show. And I've never been a porn star in my life. And so it's kind of a turn on for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for women, I have no experience. So I'm not even going to like put my opinion out there. I do not have a woman's mind. Yeah, Can't speak for y'all. Yeah. Although I do think, and I do know that there are kids out there who get addicted to porn early before they've had their first sexual experience. Uh-huh, I do. And yeah. can't perform with a person because their mind and their body has been funneled into only becoming sexually aroused by the stimulation that porn gives them. That is a really real thing. I do agree with that. And I think that does happen to a lot of adults too, especially ones who, let's say, I'm not gonna say they're incels, but. Ones that don't get laid very often, yeah, and they become so sexually reliant on pornography that sometimes they even have to have it playing in the background just to get going.
0: Yeah, you know, I can see that. So can see that.
1: I I'm still on the debate of like how harmful is porn in general. I think it's like anything. Moderation, right? Yeah. If you drink too much, right. it's bad for you. If right. you smoke too much, it's bad for you. If you rely on porn. And nothing else. It's probably bad for you.
0: Balance, balance. You balance. All
1: about the balance. One hundred percent. Okay, let's finish it off with this. <laughs> A woman's vagina can reveal how many partners she had. Are we talking, or like,
0: how um, many kids she's had? <laughs> sorry i had to throw that in there i'm sorry i went off track
1: are God. we talking like when you cut a tree down and you can see how many rings there <laughs> are it's like if you look really close can you tell how many cocks She's like
0: spreading <laughs> open her legs let me get in there let me really look at this
1: thing let how many me get rings my magnifying glass and my <laughs> little flashlight. how
0: many tree rings am i seeing down here
1: vaginas can temporarily stretch to accommodate the passage of something sizable
0: like a baby's head
1: right How else would women ever survive childbirth? But they don't stay stretched out, Harris says. This means that multiple partners, a partner with a large penis or a large sex toy does not affect the vagina. However, tight or loose a vagina feels depends on the woman's genetics and fits between her and her partner. I'm not a woman. I don't know. What do you think?
0: (laughs) I was waiting for the question. Do you have a question for me? Would you like to ask me if my vagina stretched or not? Because you know I've had plenty of partners. The question or and the plenty answer of children and children, but hold on. Two. So my last two babies, my two youngest, were C-sections. are C sections. Right. I'm not having this issue. I've had partner. I've been in serious relationships where it was actually a little bit painful at first because they were a little bit bigger than I'm used to. Right. Yes. And um it didn't keep things stretched <laughs> it didn't keep things stretched so it's kind of like a rubber band kind of like elastic right you know and i think as old, when women get older and older and older obviously rubber bands kind of right. fucking lose gravity their, use their stretch after so many years but i'm not experiencing any of this i'm i've got a very beautiful perfect vagina if that's <laughs> if that's what everyone wants to know here you go
1: And if you want to see pictures, DM me. I'm just kidding. Oh, (laughs) no,
0: that's not true. All
1: right. Let's talk about this one.
2: About 75% of you ladies are like, I dated a narcissist. You
1: didn't you dated a dude who wanted to cheat or you dated a guy where you put him in a situation where he didn't want to be monogamous and then you tried to make him monogamous and then he cheated on you or he actually, I've seen this happen before where a guy straight up says I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship with you then he doesn't change for her and then she calls him a narcissist. Because he doesn't want to do what you want to do does not make him a narcissist. You need to understand because you were not validated that doesn't make someone else have a cluster B personality disorder. That word gets thrown around so much. One of the things I want to do on this podcast is understand one of them is a neurochemical disorder a personality disorder and the other one is a dude who just sister those are two different things what do
0: you think about that they are two different things i'm kind of confused as to why he even made that someone that uh, non-monogamous or someone that can't be monogamous and narcissist don't even go in the same fucking sentence
1: so the reason why i get this is because i'm the one that gets to listen to your oh incidents that you have and i get to listen to other people on the internet and this guy's a total douche sometimes i feel bad for
0: you well, that's why i'm here
1: i'm the f- fucking pinata in this you situation have To listen to all of my shit i have to listen to your shit you're beating me to get the candy out and then i have to watch this shit no this guy's a douche i don't like his content but one of the things that i will always do is i will give credit when i agree with something even if a shitty person says it This guy's platform is super red pill, but he's got a point here. I do think that the word narcissist gets thrown out way too much. It does. It's a blanket statement. You know how I feel about blanket statements. And this is 100% true because I've heard not just you, but other people, men and women, because they were not validated, because they were disappointed, because they got dumped or ghosted or whatever, gaslighting and narcissist is such a blanket term to throw out. That yes. they've lost their credibility.
0: Yeah, I agree with this. And that
1: doesn't make the word itself any less valid. What it's done is it's lost its strength and its meaning in society because everyone's just using it for everything. Yeah. Because you were disappointed by a person doesn't automatically make them He's a, a narcissist. narcissist. And it's
0: like, what did he, he do? He was gaslighting me. He like, yeah. No, I agree with you. I hear it all the time too. But for me, I go a step further. I challenge people usually, like especially women or even men, when I have this conversation. If they say she was a narcissist or he was. And I ask more, well, what did he do? Oh my God, tell me more. Right. And then if that was followed up with, he cheated on me, I'd be like, wait, what? He's not a fucking narcissist. Like, what is wrong with you?
1: Maybe he just cheated.
0: I've literally been cheated on. Right. And the person that cheated on me, the word narcissist was not even in, not, it didn't even exist in my brain cells. Like, what the hell is that?
1: No. Sometimes people use these words that they hear, Used in social media because they don't know what it
0: truly means. They
1: don't know what it truly means, but they need some kind of validation as to why they are hurting. Yeah. Why someone hurt them. Fuck that guy. He's a narcissist. Exactly. And this guy really said it. He's like, maybe he's just a shitty dude. Did you ever think about that? Yeah. And maybe you got involved with a shitty dude. Maybe you ignored all the red flags, all the warning signs, all the things that your friends told you, like that's a shitty dude.
0: But I love him. Yeah. You know? Well, my experience when this happened to me was he's a very monogamous, but he wasn't ready to go to the next step. Like he asked me to marry him and he really did that because he knew that's what I wanted.
1: Right. Well, well, the person that you're talking about right now was, in fact, a narcissist and a manipulator. We both have agreed on that.
0: No, 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 no. I'm talking about right after the divorce.
1: Oh, okay. You yeah. have to be more specific sorry, with sorry, which sorry. guy fucked you over. <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no. I'm talking about the one that actually cheated on me. Like, Oh, a, the cheating guy. Yeah. yeah. And that was a totally different situation where he actually was monogamous. He just wanted to, he wanted to ask, he asked me to marry him because he knew it's what I needed. So literally I was trying to form him into, we're going to be married and we're going to be monogamous and we're going to be one. And he simply 100% was not ready for it. It had nothing to do with him being a shitty dude. And it had nothing because he just isn't that. He took advantage of a situation that was presented to him because I think he had a lot of pressure of settling down with me. And that was a lot of pressure for him. There is no blanket to put on all of this stuff. Every single person and situation is so different. That's why when you hear it, when you hear narcissist, when you hear gaslight. Really? Tell me more. What did he do? Mm -hmm. What did she do exactly? I want to know more. If you don't mind sharing, obviously, then that's kind of how that conversation starts for me, because I do hear it a lot.
1: Yeah, but there's also that point where it's like, uh, if you say it to me because I'm your friend, I do question it sometimes, but I also am almost always siding with you and pairing with you and listening to you. Cause you've that's ca- what a friend you've called should
0: do. me out on some shit though.
1: I've called you out on some shit, but I've also said you can tell me anything. Yeah. And I think there's times where you know your mistakes before we've even talked. And that's when you disappear for a while because yeah. you know that if you do tell me I might have some real shit to throw at you and you don't want to hear it. And that's fine. Yeah. Sometimes a good friend knows yeah. when to sh- shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but in the back of my mind, I know you're 100% correct. Right. And I literally have to take all the distractions because it's not just you. With the last relationship I was in that you and I both know that we're t- who we're talking about, it was even my family. And it was you, my family, and some friends down the line that were all saying the same thing. And I had to de- like literally detach from all the distractions and figure it out on my own because if I didn't, then... Then I would live with regret. Like, oh fuck, I just ended this. Maybe these people weren't right. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, no, I'm gonna run into this burning house and get <laughs> my ass burnt, 90% of my body burnt, and get my, you know, and just fucking walk right into this shit storm when the people that love me are trying to warn me about it. I still have to figure it out on my own. It's a really weird, shitty, probably toxic thing that I do. However, I have to form my own opinion. Mm -hmm. I just do. Honestly, I really do. That's why when someone's like, oh, don't date him, he's a piece of shit. Really? Who the fuck are you?
1: How do you know he's a piece (laughs) of shit?
0: I will find out if he's a piece of shit and then I'll let you know.
1: I feel like we're taking a really interesting crossroads with the podcast where, you know, we started off as just being like real dickish and silly and just kind of joking around. And we still do that. But somehow along the line, we started getting like really serious about shit.
0: Yeah. Well, because life is happening, dude.
1: Right. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But what I do recognize with, you know, our listeners and our responses is that we're like, we're really starting to get a lot more people. Talking about their life experiences based off what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't think that I'm smart enough or intelligent enough to really have some of these conversations. I think because you and I talk about these things now so freely, Mm -hmm. and we're getting more listeners and we're getting people who are interacting with us, I don't know which path to go, whether like we go back to being just silly.
0: Just from what I've noticed is that people really appreciate our authenticity in the fact that we just go with it. We just flow with it. We don't really have a a motive or a plan in this is how it's going to be. Like, I understand how some things need to be structured. I'm not sure that this podcast needs to be completely 100% structured. Right. The reason I love it is because I'm able to share real life experiences, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be in a relationship. It doesn't mean that I don't want to settle down because I know when I do get into a relationship and settle down, the mood will shift a little bit because I won't have these little funny stories to tell on here.
1: So with that, I would say that if you are an avid listener and you listen to other podcasts or you know people that are educated or have some fascinating stories, I think this is the point where we should start reaching out to you and say, hey, we want to talk to these people. Yeah, We've got the technology, we've got the setup, and we want to learn so we can feel more validated and responsible with the messages that we're sending. Like I say, we don't try to give advice. We're just very opinionated, but I also want to make sure that I am being educated and I'm not just spreading bullshit. Well, that's another one in the books, Diana. Thank you for jumping into sexual myths. We'll have another episode, I'm sure, jumping into more of those. And just thank you for being so open with me and our audience about what you're going through in life. I think it, yeah. it's really fascinating and you've become a staple. People want to know more about you. And really? Yeah, they love hearing all about you and Aww. I appreciate your openness and just your, your attitude. You're great. I love you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I love you too.
1: Everyone, you know where to find us, themilfandmepod.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we're going to be opening up a Threads account very soon because Twitter sucks. Anyway, we love you. We'll see you next week.